Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Please make sure to visit us online at phbcsomerset.com. As I was thinking about this message this week, I'm calling it the decide to discipline or the decision to discipline. Uh, When you become a parent, you have to make a conscious choice of are you going to discipline your child? How are you going to discipline your child? Now, when I say this, uh, knowing it's between Mother's Day and Father's Day, some of you are going to go, I already raised my kids, been there, done that. You know, this comes up again when you become grandparents, you know, and then your, your grown kids are, are having their kids, and you have that discussion all over again. Uh, um, Ethan entertained me yesterday when a Dude Perfect uh, video came out of new parents. You'll have to check that out, but it, it highlights all the funny scenarios that new parents go through. And today we're going to talk about the decision to discipline. Uh, I'm reminded of a book that I had looked at a long time ago by James Dobson. You remember James Dobson, Focus on the Family. Years ago, he had written a book, Dare to Discipline. And then um, I think 20, 25 years after it came out, he uh, you know, did an updated version. And uh, here's a quote from that. Uh, he says, children thrive best in an atmos- atmosphere of genuine love undergirded by reasonable, consistent discipline. In a day of widespread drug usage, immorality, sexually transmitted diseases, vandalism, and violence, we must not depend on hope and luck to fashion the critical attitudes we value in our children. Permissiveness has not simply failed as an approach to child rearing. Uh, It's been a disaster for those who have tried it. When properly applied, Loving discipline works. It stimulates tender affection made possible by mutual respect between a parent and a child. And I definitely agree with that. So the decision to discipline. Uh, We're going to look at Proverbs today and let's look at some verses that speak to discipline from a parent's perspective. Uh, First thing I want you to know is why should you discipline? I'm going to give you a couple reasons and show you why. It's, it's worth it. Look, if you will, in Proverbs 29. We're going to be looking at a few Proverbs here. Proverbs 29, verse 17. Discipline your child, and it will bring you peace of mind and give you delight. You know, when you, when you discipline your child and train your child and correct your child, then you know you've given your best effort to shape them uh, and point them in the right direction in life, to set them up for success. Proverbs 23, 13 says, Punish him with a rod and you will rescue his life from Sheol. Don't withhold discipline from a youth. If you punish him with a rod, he will not die. I always cringed at that when I was growing up. Man, punish him with a rod. He won't die. <laughs> if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. You've heard that, I know, right? Uh, what is that saying? That's saying, you know, when you see when you see someone going in the wrong direction, don't just as a parent, don't just sit there and watch it happen and let it happen. You, you've got a responsibility. Inter, intervene um, and uh, don't be afraid to discipline them to rescue their life from going in the wrong direction. Um, I can't tell you how many times through the years we've all seen it where you go to a store, you go somewhere out in public, and you see a, uh, a, uh, a child showing out and the parent just kind of ignores it and keeps doing what they're doing. And then you, you get in the car or you're sitting down with adults and they're like, that, that child needs some discipline. You know, we've all seen that. And uh, that's kind of a reminder of that. 
Um, look at another proverb, Proverbs 19, verse 18. Discipline your son while there is hope. Don't set your heart on being the cause of his death. Again, we have a responsibility as parents to, to shape our children, to train them, to teach them, to correct them, to discipline them. And we need to take action because uh, hope is not a strategy. We've got, to, we've got to do that when it's in our power to do that. So reasons to deep, the discipline, it's worth it because we don't want to wake up when we get older and regret that we didn't do the things we should have done when we had the opportunity, and now look what's going on. Uh, a second reason why we should discipline is it works. In Proverbs 29, verse 15, a rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a youth left to himself is a disgrace to his mother. You know, we need that authority in our life. We need people that are going to tell us the truth. We need people that are going to discipline us and correct us when we need it. That imparts wisdom. But if we're left to our own devices, then we're going to find trouble. Proverbs twenty-two fifteen: Foolishness is bound to the heart of a youth. A rod of discipline will separate it from him. That says it well, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Um, Proverbs 20, verse 30, Lashes and wounds purge away evil, and beatings cleanse the inmost parts. Now, part of that sounds brutal, doesn't it? I'm not going to do any kind of demonstrations today, all right? But it does remind us of that there is a role that discipline plays in parenting. And you have to make the decision to uh, exercise discipline. My point here is simple today. Parents must decide to discipline their children. I'm reminded of Proverbs 13, 24. The one who will not use the rod hates his son, but the one who loves him disciplines him diligently. And I love that last part. The one who loves him disciplines him diligently. And so it's discipline is an ongoing work. Obviously, it's going to be age appropriate, developmental appropriate. Uh, obviously, you're going to give them warnings. Obviously, you're going to do those things. But we have to uh, make the conscious decision to do that. Proverbs 13, verse 18. Poverty and disgrace come to those who ignore discipline, but the one who accepts correction will be honored. Think about it. If we don't correct our kids, if we don't discipline our kids while they're young, while they're kids, while they're impressionable, while they can learn and make adjustments, then think about what kind of adult they're going to be if they're never disciplined or corrected. They're not going to respect authority. They're not going to listen to anybody. They're going to do their own thing. And they're going to grow up and they're going to have problems with their boss. And they're going to have problems with this person and that person. Anybody that represents some kind of authority in their life, unless they learn from a young age. Um, I'm reminded of a, uh, of a movie that I saw years ago. I almost looked up the date on this, but I'm sure somebody will look it up and tell me. But uh, how many of you remember the movie Groundhog Day? And I just went back, like, what, two Three decades. <laughs> uh, starring Bill, Bill Murray. Uh, he played the character of Phil Connors. Um, he was a weatherman. And he was sent by his uh, TV station to go to Punxsutawney, um, Pennsylvania on Groundhog Day to cover the story of the groundhog when he comes out of the hole and whether or not you've got six more weeks of winter and, and all of that. It's an interesting movie, Phil. 
uh, the, the character played by Bill Murray. He's uh, self-centered. He's conceited. He's sarcastic. He's pessimistic. He doesn't care much for people, only for what he can get out of them for his own advantage. He's supposed to do this story, and all of a sudden he finds himself in a time warp. Every morning when he wakes up, it's 6 a.m. on Groundhog Day. And every day for like days and weeks, I don't know how long it goes, every day he wakes up and he's in the same day, Groundhog Day, in the same town. And he tries to do all kinds of stuff until he finally decides, I've got to get this right. He spends the rest of the movie trying to get it right. I won't spoil it anymore. It's an entertaining uh, um, uh, tale. But what about you and I? We don't have the luxury of waking up and living the same day over and over and over and over until we get it right. Oh, if we did, right? But we don't. Uh, The great legendary coach from UCLA, John Wooden, he said, if you don't have time to do it right, when will you have time to do it over? Think about that. If you don't have time to do it right, when are you going to have time to do it over? And so the goal in parenting is for us to do it right the first time. And we, we want our kids to do it right the first time. Now, I know that's ideal. That's not always real, but that's the ideal we strive for. Proverbs 19.20 says, Listen to counsel and receive instruction so that you may be wise later in life. See, there's a purpose why we do what we do. We want our kids to grow up and be wise kids. We want them to be able to skillfully apply God's Word to the situations of their life so that they can grow up and be wise. Uh, Proverbs 23, 19 says, Listen, my son, and be wise. Keep your mind on the right course. Now, this is King Solomon talking. And uh, I'm sure that David, a man after God's own heart, taught him this. Listen, my son, be wise. Keep your mind on the right course. You know, know, know what God's plan is for your life. Know His will, His purpose. Keep your mind on that. Focus on that. Continue in that. Proverbs 15, 32. Anyone who ignores discipline despises himself, but whoever listens to correction acquires good sense. You know, discipline is one of those words that we're maybe not used to saying it. And it's funny because when you go to college and you pick a major, it's called a discipline. And you're like, what? You're pulling my leg, right? No, it's a discipline. Why? Because you're disciplining yourself to learn this body of knowledge, and then you're going to go out into the real world, and that's going to that's going to be the foundation to your path in the future, the career that you choose, the work that you do. And if you think about it, even in athletics, a lot of us like sports. Um, discipline is such a critical role in that. Uh, you keep. You keep developing your craft. You keep uh, polishing your strengths. You keep practicing and working on these things that you're really good at. You keep doing it and doing it, and it takes discipline. So see, no matter who you are, no matter what you do in life, you're going to need discipline. So anyone who ignores discipline despises himself. That's something you're going to need no matter what path you take in life, no matter what you end up doing uh, and the work that you do. But whoever listens to correction acquires good sense. Proverbs 12, verse 1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but one who hates correction is stupid. You know, I love it. I love, I don't care what English translation you have. I love it when the Bible just puts it out there and says, this is a fact, okay? If you love discipline, you love knowledge. But if you hate correction, that's stupid. 
I don't know how else to say it, but it's, it is. Someone who refuses to receive correction isn't going to get very far in life, okay? We have to be able to learn from others and work with others. We've got to be able to give and take feedback. Now, again, I said a while ago that the ideal is that we're wise. The ideal is that we're receptive to constructive criticism. The ideal is that we all will, will take our lumps and we'll be better for it in life. But the reality is sometimes we're stubborn. Sometimes we're selfish. Sometimes we want to do our life, our way, on our terms, and that's it. And it reminds me uh, of, a, of, a, uh, of, a, of a song called The Hard Way. Uh, again, I'm dating myself. Some of you that know who Toby Mac is, remember when he was in DC Talk? Okay, thank you. I'm not the only one here. That's good. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, The Hard Way, that, that uh, song says this, some people got to learn the hard way. I guess I'm the kind of guy that has to find out for myself. I had to learn the hard way. Father, I'm on my knees and I'm crying for help. It says, I've been high, I've been low, I've been some places you will not go. I never thought there would come the day when I wished I never would have lived this way, but I've been searching for a long, long time. I thought the devil was a friend of mine. I turned my back on everything that was true, and I wasted years that belonged to you. Some people got to learn the hard way. I guess I'm the kind of guy that has to find out for myself. I had to learn the hard way. Father, I'm on my knees, and I'm crying for help. Thank God for second chances, right? Thank God that when we act like Jonah, and we know what God wants us to do, and yet we go in the opposite direction, thank God he intervenes, and the Bible says the, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Aren't you glad for second chances? Aren't you glad that God doesn't write us off after we make one serious error or mistake or one willful sin and say, this is it? Uh, thank God that he is gracious and merciful. And so when we do learn the hard way, I want you to remember um, Jesus. In, in Hebrews, we're told that Jesus was the Son of God and he learned obedience from what he suffered. Now think about that. Jesus came into this world. He lived the life that you and I should have lived. He, he never sinned. And yet it cost him uh, living a, a righteous, holy life following the Father's will, doing everything that God wanted him to do, it wasn't easy. It ultimately led to a cross. He was mistreated. He was uh, mocked. He was ultimately crucified. And you might say, well, look where it got him. But you know, you and I have to learn obedience. And I have realized through the years that I'd rather pay the price of obedience than to pay the price of disobedience. Either way, there's a price to be paid. You have to decide if you're going to obey or disobey. Now, our model approach to parenting today is going to be based on the perfect parent, and that's God. And I want to give you two questions today to think about. Remember, we're dealing with the decision to discipline. And so I'm going to look at two questions. When does God discipline and why does God discipline? Now, let's look at each one for a moment. When does God discipline? Well, I love these Proverbs I'm sharing with you. It kind of gives you a pivot moment when God does that. Proverbs 19, 27. If you stop listening to correction, my son, you will stray from the words of knowledge. And Proverbs 10, 17. The one who follows instruction is on the path to life, but the one who rejects correction 
goes astray. Now, when you look at those two Proverbs and you put them together, when we stop listening to correction, when we stray from words of knowledge, when we reject correction, then we are subject to God's discipline. And so think about that for a moment. That's when God begins to discipline. When we stray, when we refuse, when we reject His Word and His will, then we are now prime candidates for God's discipline. I, again, I'll point to Jonah. Uh, Jonah, he, he was told by God as a prophet, go to Nineveh and preach. He didn't want to do that. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. He didn't like uh, the Ninevites. They were like public enemy number one. He didn't want to go there. And so he got moving, but he went in the very opposite direction. Okay, And then he, uh, he goes down to Joppa. And then he gets in the ship and he goes down into the hull of the ship. And so you can see where this is going. Everything's going down. And all of a sudden there is a, a storm. It's so bad that the sailors say, cry out to your gods. And it's not working. And they go and they find Jonah and he's sleeping. And they go, all right, boy, we think it's you. Fess up. And if you read that verse there in Jonah, he had told them that he was running from God. And you know, you find that today. When people are running from God, many times they'll tell you, oh, I, oh preacher, I'm not going to church. I, you know, I darken the door of the church. All those, the, those are walls, the, the, the ceiling would come down if I came to church. Uh, they'll tell on themselves, but they aren't necessarily willing to do anything about it. When does God discipline? When we begin to stray, when we begin to reject, when we aren't receptive to His uh, guidance or His correction. There's a second question. Why does God discipline? And I love Proverbs 3, 11, and 12. Proverbs 3, 11, Do not despise the Lord's instruction, my son, and do not loathe His discipline. For the Lord disciplines the one He loves, just as a father disciplines the son in whom He delights. Why does God discipline us? The short answer is He loves us. He loves us. He loves us and he doesn't want to just sit idly by and watch us make uh, bad decisions that lead to destructive consequences. So he intervenes. He begins to speak. If that doesn't work, sometimes as someone said, he spanks, but he gets, he intervenes between uh, us and our path. And praise God he does that. Why does God discipline? Because we are his children. And the fact that we are his children then he disciplines us. You know, if you claim to be a Christian, if you claim to be a child of God, and you go out and you live however you please, and God never stirs you, never convicts you, never bothers you, based on the authority of God's Word, I would, I would have a hard time explaining your salvation. Because if you are a child of God, when you stray from the Word of God, when you stray outside the will of God, He will discipline those that are his kids. He does that. And praise God that he does that. How should we respond to God's discipline? I'm reminded of Hebrews 12. It quotes Proverbs 3 that I just read, but a little bit later on in Hebrews 12, verse 8. But if you are without discipline, which all receive, then you're illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had human fathers discipline us, and we respected them. Shouldn't we submit even more to the Father of spirits and live? 
For they discipline us for a short time based on what seemed good to them, but He does it for our benefit so that we can share in His holiness. No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful later on. However, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. God disciplines those who are His. He does it because He loves us. And so I... um. I remember a story that one preacher told uh, many years ago. He was at a revival service. And as he was getting to know the church and the community, everybody said the same thing. Hey, you need to go down the road here and you need to see this guy. Uh, you need to go see him. Uh, we, we don't believe he's a Christian. And so um, before the revival was over, he went down the street. He knocked on the door and uh, the guy said, come on in. And, and they began to talk and he says, you know, let I would like to know if you're a Christian. He goes, yes, I am. Well, he kind of paused and he thought, well, that doesn't sound right. You know, everybody that told the preacher to go down the road and meet this guy said he's not a Christian. They know him better than he does, right? And so he says, so you're a Christian. He goes, yes. He goes, um, well, tell me a, a little bit about your testimony. And he goes, well, I, I received him at a young age, this, that, and the other. And he, and he and he, he kind of got confused, and he says, well, let me read some Bible uh, verses to you. I want to share the gospel with you. So he, he read some Bible verses, shared the gospel, and yeah, I've done that. Yep, yep, I've done that. Yeah, I believe that. Finally, as the, as the preacher's kind of praying for discernment, he says, well, I've just got one more thing I want to say. And he began to read Hebrews, how God disciplines his kids. He says, my son, don't take the Lord's discipline lightly or lose heart when you're reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he uh, punishes every son he receives, or some say scourges or chastens. And it says, endure suffering is discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there that a father does not discipline? And when he said that, the guy began to weep. And he says, discipline. He says, and he raised up his arm. He says, I lost my hen many years ago. He says, I lost my wife. He says, I've lost my kids. He said, discipline. He says, I've been disciplined. And the, the, the preacher lovingly looked at him and said, Sir, until you get right with God, you're going to get more discipline. And that very day, he came to the revival service and he walked down the aisle and he says, You know, I'm getting right with God because he was tired of the discipline. I want to tell you something. We wear his name. And if we are a child of God and we wear the name of Christ, then when we, get, uh, when we go astray, when we disregard His commands, He will deal with us. But praise God, He does. Because when God disciplines us, that's proof that we belong to Him. Think about that. That's proof that we belong to Him. And He's doing it because He loves us. Why? Because He wants us to share in His holiness. He wants people to look at us and go, I see that child of God. Reminds me of the Father. I, I see that child. It reminds me of the God they know, love, and serve. And He wants that family resemblance to be seen by the world. And so, yes, even though discipline's not pleasant, it's not fun but it's proof that we are children of God. It's proof that we belong to Him. And when God begins to discipline us, we need to be receptive, we need to listen, and we need to learn the lesson fast so we don't get more discipline. 
So today, as we wind up this message, I want to ask you, where are you with God? You know, maybe you made a profession of faith when you were young. Maybe you've always come to church just because that's what you were taught to do. But in your heart, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you following Him? Are you seeking to obey His Word and do His will? If you are, then praise God. But if you've done the outwardness of a decision, and yet you're still living life on your terms, your way inside, and you claim to be a Christian on Sunday, but you go out and live your life Monday through Saturday, then here's the thing. You will be disciplined if you're really a child of God. That's not a threat. It's more of a promise. God disciplines His children. He does it because He loves them. And yet, if you claim to be uh, belong to Christ and you never you know, have any repentance, any remorse, any regret, and you go, well, I, don't, I don't experience that preacher, then I would say, look at your salvation. Examine yourself to see whether or not you are in the faith. And the answer to the litmus test is, is Christ in you? If Christ is in you, you're saved. If Christ is not in you, you're not saved. It's really that simple. 2 Corinthians 13, I believe it's verse 5, that is the litmus test. If you have Christ in your life, you're saved. If you don't have Christ in your life, you're not saved. So today I want to encourage all of you. Where are you in your walk with Christ? And know in your heart that you are right with Him. Know that you're seeking to obey His word, follow His will. And realize, don't, don't lose heart. Okay, that's what the scripture says. Don't lose heart because when you're being disciplined by God, it's just proof that He loves you. It's proof that you belong to Him and it's just proof that He's concerned enough to get you back on the right path in order to, and, and instead of watching you go the wrong way and destroy yourself. So praise God that we have a God who loves us enough to discipline us. Let's all stand as musicians come. We're going to have a time of invitation. And like I said, my prayer today is that if you don't know the Lord, that this will be your moment to say, I'm going to trust and follow Jesus. Now, if you have claimed to be a Christian uh, and you get out of the will of God, if you've experienced discipline, then you praise God. Now you know why it happened. He loves you. He wants to bring you back into the fold. He wants to get you on the right path. And He does that for your good. He does that because He loves you. And today, if you have lived life the way you want, you've, you've pretended to be somebody you're not, you never really have the grief or the guilt or the conviction, I would seriously encourage you to examine yourself to see whether or not you're in the faith. Father, come before you right now. Thank you, Lord, for this uh, time in your word. Lord, thank you, Father, that you are a good, good Father, that you so loved the world that you gave your one and only Son. Lord, you purchased our salvation. Lord, you paid the price to pay the debt that we owe. Lord, you lived the life that we should have lived. You died the death that we deserve, and you took our place, and now you offer the free gift of eternal life bought and paid for by the body and the blood of Jesus. And Father, I pray if there's someone here today that doesn't know you, Lord, I pray that today would be the day where they turn from their old life 
and then turn and trust and follow you, Lord Jesus. Lord, have your will and your way in our hearts today. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. To learn more about the church, find out meeting times, or learn how to contact the pastor, please visit phbcsummerset.com.